and she's going to be of great blessing to us. Welcome to the Joy Bruce Audio Podcast. Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce is a blessed daughter of Bishop Dyke Mills and the pastor of the First Love Church, Aediasi. These messages contain practical wisdom that will transform you and provide focus and direction for your life. Listen and be blessed as she shares with you wisdom from the Word of God. Beloved, this world, we are only in the world to please God, to serve God, and leave home. That's all the reason why we are here. And daily, it's our duty to prepare ourselves. We get people shopping us, shift us for the ministry. This week, I plead with all of you, be available to the Holy Spirit. Open up yourself to the Lord, and the Lord will prepare you. God has deposited so much in you, and until your eyes are open, you will not understand what God has for you. But before I introduce him, can we have all these people here, come and let's be here. All these people, join this group, please. This seats are for you. Sit down. Sit here. Sit. All those people, come around here. Just come around here. So that we'll concentrate here. When you are sleeping, we'll be able to see you. When you are there, you are sleeping, we can see you well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I guess those going to the back are not people who want to sleep. Wow. If you are happy tonight, let's receive the ministry of Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce. Mami, three years on, you have not been here. You tell us why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing us here one more time. To you indeed be the glory. I pray that these three days, Lord, will be life-changing days, ministry-inspiring days, days of the Holy Spirit, and days of God after which we will say that of a truth the Spirit has visited us. Thank you for the honor, and thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Apostle, thank you for inviting us. It is an honor to be here. And it's true, we have not been here for three years. The reason is that we have been just moving around different places. So we have gone to different places and come back. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I have to say that it's really an honor to be here. Amen. We don't take it lightly at all. Um, Before I start talking about what brought me here, maybe I should introduce my team so that I think you know some of them already, but to refresh your minds as well. Standing right in front of me here is Reverend Michael Kuma. He was here with me the first time, second time. I think we've been here, is it three times? And each time he was here with me. 
Then we have um, one of our young pastors, Seth. He was also here each of the times. That's, he's the son of the land, um, Seth Chikata. Amen. Standing by him is Francis Agonio. Francis actually used to live in Ho. Uh-huh. But ministry and school and many things brought him to Kumasi. And he's back here. And Reverend Eric Warren is also here with us. And then you see some young lady moving around. That's Hannah. And we are a team. We move around with Bishop Dag's books, his literature, because we work with the Bishop Dag Heward Mills Ministry. Amen. And many people know Bishop Dag and relate us to Lighthouse. But apart from the church, and quite separate from the church, is the Bishop Dag Heward Mills Ministry. And under this ministry, that is where you have the healing Jesus. Crusade. I don't know if some of you remember yeah, that crusade. It has been through about 29 countries so far, 29 African countries so far, and counting about 100 million souls won to the Lord so far. Amen. Oh, amen. It's a good place to clap us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we are believing God that he would go to the other African countries and also come back home. Some of us have been trying to say, come back home. Amen. But the other side of that ministry, apart from the crusade, the other side is to move around with the literature. Why? Because sometimes when somebody is doing something, the person can't stop long enough to talk about everything. But if it is put in a book, you have the opportunity to get the book and to read it. If you are a ministry-minded person, it gives you instruction. And if you are just a believer saying, I want to do my best for the Lord, it also gives you instruction. Hallelujah. So you will see that at the back we have the books separately, separated out. But we also have it in a pack like this called the Macarius. The Macarius is simply the Greek word library. The library. And I want to urge you, if you are somebody who is in the ministry, then this is your toolbox. Amen. Why am I saying it's a toolbox? Because there are so many different aspects of ministry. Are you with me? There are so many things. I understand that you are just uh, in your month of evangelism coming up. So there are books in there on evangelism. Tomorrow it will be marriage counseling. So the marriage counseling books are also in there. Are you with me? Another time, it will just be Christian life and Christian living. One of the things in this pack is a set of books to build up a Christian, a person from the day that he gives his life to Jesus Christ all the way up. Amen. So there are books which talk about key facts, the main things you must know. Seth, do you have single copies of that one? You have... uh Key facts. You know, sometimes you've been a Christian for some time, but if somebody asks you a certain question, you may not be able to answer. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. If you meet a troublesome, thank you, person. So this one, key facts for new believers. And it's taking you from um, assurance of salvation all the way through to water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. Why do we do these things? How to, you know, your quiet time. Why you should even have a time with God. So it starts here. And then it goes on to several other books 
to build your life up into a strong Christian. I believe we have how to be a strong Christian. And all these books are at very low prices. So even if you cannot afford the whole pack, please make sure that you take the single copies with you. Amen. There's one called The Strong Christian. I used it for almost a full year as my quiet time. Just studying the scriptures and studying the things that will make us into strong Christians. Oh, Misty, I've made you run up and down. Forgive me. It can be here. How you can become a strong Christian. I want to really encourage you to read this book because we are living in very perilous times. And when your Christianity, you know we are all strong Christians until the day a certain kind of wind blows through. And sometimes in your desperation, you suddenly find that you are turning to something else. Especially nowadays when you have certain things. I was telling uh, Apostle just this evening about a young man who was not well. I was talking to him today. He says, oh, they've told me that there's a snake in my stomach. And, and he's just there. He's actually dying. He's actually dying. What am I saying? The strength of your Christianity will help you to stand when the floods are coming and when the waves are beating. And the truth is that it happens to all of us. Hey, or it doesn't happen here. It happens. But in that day, when something happens, what are you going to be standing on? And this book takes us a little deeper. So there are so many different books and we would like to encourage you to have a look at them. Amen? And not only have a look, but actually make a selection of them. Amen. Because I believe that there is life in, the, in these words. Hallelujah. One of the things about, the, about the, the kingdom is that everything of God depends on words. You are reading words or you are listening to words. Words are a very powerful thing. Amen. And you see, we are looking for many things in life, but the truth of the matter is that a lot of them come out of words. When Joshua was going to fight a war, I thought he would have classes in how to go to war. But what, does, what do we have? Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from out of thy mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night. Are you with me? Then, then be careful to do what you are reading. And when you do that, you will, have, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It's amazing because I thought he would say, let somebody train you in strategies of warfare. But instead, it was a book. And there are so many examples like this in the Bible. In Daniel chapter 9, you see Daniel who was a prayer warrior. We know him as a prayer warrior. But in chapter 9 and verse 2, he tells us he was about to enter into prayer. And then he said, I read it in the books of Jeremiah. Exactly where we are standing at this time. So his time of prayer was not just a time to pray, but it was informed by what he had read. You see, I understood the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. Amen. Today we know it as our Bible. In those days it was a book. Are you, are you with me? So even as he was going to pray, how he prayed... It was informed by what he read. Amen. And I would like to encourage you to look for a book on the table there called Transform Your Pastoral Ministry. And it has, you know, anything that is true of the life of a pastor is also true of the life of a Christian. 
One of the huge pieces of that book are different prayer topics. Amen. Prayer topics about things we often don't think about. For example, it talks about the law of creeping things. How to pray against creeping things. That, what's a creeping thing? Something that enters your life and you don't even see it. It's a creeping thing. The thing has just come in there unannounced. Amen. It also talks about praying against the law of degeneration. Degenerate, to degenerate means to spoil. And if you just leave something, it will spoil. I'll never forget a prayer meeting I was holding in my church. And we were using the prayer topics in that book with the scriptures. Amen. One of the things about these books is that the scriptures are in there. And so I was leading the prayer time. And all of a sudden, a young lady, a student, a demon began to shout through her. You know, I had explained the topic and we were praying. And it began to scream, I am going to spoil her. I was going to spoil her. And there were so many things about the young lady's life that were not matching up. We had not thought about it. That it was a demonic thing. But by the grace of God, she was prayed for and delivered. Hallelujah. And so there are some books, as you read them, your deliverance is in there. Amen. Pastors, there's a book here. I do not have single copies of it, but it is called Know Your Invisible Enemy. (laughs) People, the enemies are there. Oh, they are there. As you go into your month of evangelism, believe me, there are invisible enemies. The more we know about them, the better equipped we are to take them down. Hallelujah. Oh, are you with me or you are not with me? So for these three days, I am believing God. I believe that this church is growing and is continuing to grow. And I really want to salute your pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. Reverend, God bless you for so much work that has been done. My prayer to God for these three days, I have asked him to allow us to be what is called a catalyst. A catalyst is something, if you add two things together and they are reacting, you can add something that lets it go faster, stronger, harder, further, larger. And my prayer to God has been that, Lord, whatever we share here in these three days, this church, something is already happening here, cause us to be a catalyst. Let God just help us to be what God will add. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It will just add something to what is going on so that it will go further, faster. Amen. And so today I'm starting from somewhere. I know Lady Reverend Charity has been coming talking about loyalty, but I want to start from a point and then move somewhere tomorrow and the last day. And my prayer is that everything together is what is going to help you. Hallelujah. This Christian work, none of us can say we can work alone. All of us, we need help. Hey. Or you don't need help. All of us, we need help. Hallelujah. And I pray today that whatever we share in these three days will be of help. Amen. I'm sharing a message with you tonight that I have entitled, Don't Change. Don't Change. I will explain my title. Don't Change. Hallelujah. In this life, things are changing all the time, and things must change. If you deliver a baby, the baby must grow. The clothing must change. The child must stop using uh, diapers and start to wear proper 
trousers. Hallelujah. So things do change. However, there are a few things as a church that is looking to grow and to expand and to explode, some things should not change. And tonight, that's what, where I want us to begin. Amen. Why do I want us to begin there? Because when we, should I say, we are setting our point zero. If we want to travel from here to Accra, when we get to the gate, we must know where we are to know which way to turn. Please, which way is Accra? Left or right? It will be left. Uh-huh. You see, because I don't know where I am. I know where I am, but I don't know where I am. But when we know that this is where we are standing, then we know that we should turn left. If, however, we don't know where we are standing or we make a mistake with where we are standing, left may not take us where we want to go. Amen. And so tonight, I want to just share with you, do not change. There is something in your life and my life that should not change. Amen. Wow. Let me see where to start. Good. I want us to begin with our with a scripture in John chapter 3 and verse 27. I'm going to give you two or three scriptures and then we'll talk from there. The first scripture I'll give you is one I'm sure you know well, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. This is the main scripture we have used over the years to talk about loyalty. Let me read the second scripture for you. John 3.27. John chapter 3 and verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. Hallelujah. Third scripture I want us to read is Matthew 25 and verse 15. It's the beginning of a story, but I just want to read this first scripture. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straight away took his journey. Hallelujah. Now, the first point I want to make tonight is that Something has been given to you. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 4.2 that a steward should not, what should I say, should be found faithful. Now who is a steward? A steward is somebody to whom something has been given. Amen. And if you are here, you are alive, you are a believer, something has been given to you. Now when it says the person should be faithful, it's the same as saying the person should be constant. And that's why I'm saying do not change. Amen. What does it mean to be constant? It means don't change. It means to be regular. It means to continue without pausing. To be unceasing. Amen. To be continual, to be persistent, hey. not to waver, to be devoted. And the scripture is saying that if you are somebody who has received something, be constant. Amen. It looks like a very simple scripture, but let us take a stroll through our churches and our churches and see whether. We are constant. 
if you are a prayer warrior, are you constant in prayer? If you are a chorister, are you constant in what you are doing? Hey, are you there? Please tell your neighbor, it's not yet sleeping time. <laughs> it's not yet sleeping time. I'm asking these questions because what has happened over time is that as believers, excuse me to say, but we are not too serious. We are not too serious. If we come for choir practice today, next week we don't come. If the choir practice is to start at four, we arrive at six with no good reason. And if the leader of the choir gets angry with us, trouble don't come. Hey! If he opens his mouth to say, why are you late? Hey! You will hear something. Or it doesn't happen here. Tell me so that I will change the message. Hey! To be constant. As you are entering your month of evangelism, can your apostle be sure you will be there? Can he be sure? Hey! To be constant. To be faithful. Hallelujah. Now, it goes on to say that we're the, 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 the description of a steward is somebody who has received something. And the truth of the matter is that everybody has received something. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from heaven. So everything that you have and everything that you are is actually not by your skill or anything, but it's given to us. It's given to us. Hallelujah. The ability or the thing that you are using or doing to help the word of God, it was given to you. You arrived on earth with it. You have a good voice. In fact, I was enjoying the choir. You arrived on earth with it. Amen. You arrived with it. It was given to you. It's not something that you did. You can do something to improve it. But it was already given to you. Amen. Now, in Matthew 25, there's a story there. We will not go into the story. I just want to... That's why I just picked verse 15. Because in verse 15, we meet a master going somewhere. And he calls his people and he gives somebody five. He gives another person two. He gives another person one. And the scripture says, everybody according to his ability. So as you are here tonight, God has given something to you. Amen? Something that he needs for his kingdom and something that he's expecting you to use. Please, turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, please, what do you have? What did God give you? What did God give you? (laughs) What did God give you? Sometimes we look at, you know, we have been given a lot, but sometimes we don't use it because it doesn't look like a lot to us. Yeah, it looks, it looks very tiny. And so I want to remind you, I'm, not, I'm trying not to go into that scripture too much. But do you know that when the master left and he asked the person he had given five, the person worked with it and found five more. What does it mean? As you take what God has given to you and you start working with it, you suddenly increase. You suddenly increase. And many times you even find things you never knew that you had. But I 
as you are doing it, you are doing this, and then you are doing this, and then suddenly you discover that you have more. Hallelujah. We also see that when the Lord gave somebody two, and he gave somebody five, he only required that each one of us will work with what we have. So, the person who had five, he commended him, well done. The one who had two and he worked with, he said, well done. He said the same thing. He didn't ask the person who had two to have the fruit of the one who had five. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, we are all going. You, you have your lane. Your sister has her lane. Everybody has their lane. According to what God has given to us. The only person he quarreled with was the one who had and didn't use. Please ask your neighbor, have you been using what you have been given? Hey, hmm. You see, if you are asking and your neighbor is looking in circle, circle like that, then you know the answer. <laughs> because sometimes we forget that we have been given something. And we think that it's pasta we are doing. Hmm. I won't come and think. What pastor said on Sunday, I'm not happy, I won't come. Hey, he won't come. You will stand before the master one day. Yeah, but the scripture says, I know your works. Revelation chapter 2. All through, I know your works. I know. Will you go and stand there and say, eh, Lord Jesus, praise, I was annoyed with pastor, so I did it. Hey, it cannot tell your neighbor that excuse. It cannot work there. It can't work. It can't work up there. Hallelujah. So when you remember that you have been given something and you remember that the Lord is expecting you to use it, it puts you in a certain frame of mind. Amen. If you are singing, keep singing. There's no reason to stop just because you have had a baby. Hey. Mm. If you are the one who has been sweeping the church, cleaning the church, continue. Continue. Don't stop and say, now nah, look, now nah, they say, I'm paying for The children will do this. You to do yours. Finish your race. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, be constant. Be constant. Don't change. Don't change. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, another area that I want to just shed some light on is that do not change with respect to the authority figures in your life. Do not change with respect to the authority figures in your life. All of us have authority figures. In the home is the father or the husband. In the church, it is the pastor. In the country, it is the, it is, it is the, what, it will be the MCE, then it will be the, President, we all have authority figures and we are not to change with respect to these authority figures. Are you with me? When you change like that, you bring a problem in your life. Judas was there. He was actually one of the disciples. You know, we are so used to the fact that he betrayed Jesus that sometimes we don't remember that he was actually a disciple. So he was one of them. Eating with them, walking with them. They were sleeping in the same place together. One day he just changed like that. Just like that. He just changed. He just changed. And when you change, what happens is that one day you realize that you were standing alone. 
Yeah, sometimes you people have come to church, they are happy in the church, something happens and suddenly there's a change. And when there's a change, you think that other people will go with you. But you will discover that you are standing alone. Judas changed. You see, when you look in the Bible, do you know that Peter also betrayed Jesus? Yeah, it was also a betrayal. It was also a betrayal. But you see, so you can take it like these two people, they create, they did a mistake. Mm-hmm. Both of them made a mistake. But one of them, he changed. He left. He left everybody. He left them, went to do his things. So, when his sense came back, you know when you have made a mistake, your sense, <laughs> your sense comes back. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, verses 4 and 5, he has now seen his mistake. And he went to the people who gave him the money and said, I have sinned because I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? What is that to us? And verse 5 says, he threw it down and went to hang himself. Why? He had changed. He had changed. If you are in this church, don't change. This is your church. Amen. Amen. This is your church. Be here. Hey. I don't like how the usher was talking to me, so me, I'm leaving. When you are finished, you will find yourself standing alone. You see, Peter did not leave. Peter made a mistake. But he didn't leave. And that is why in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, when he now has to stand up in front of people who were questioning, the Bible says that when he stood up, 11 other people stood. He was not alone. He was not alone. Why? Because Peter's heart never changed towards Jesus. It never changed. If you remember, after he betrayed him, the Bible says, when the cock crowed three times, he remembered what Jesus said. And he wept. And he never left the people. He was still together with them. Sometimes we'll come to that. You are in church. Something may make you cry. Cry, but don't change. Cry. Let the tears fall, but don't change. Hallelujah. And so you see that Peter, he was there, made his mistake, but he recovered. He recovered. May the Lord help us to recover from every mistake that we may make in Jesus' name. Amen. Another example of somebody who changed can be found in Luke chapter 15. I'm reading from verse 11. Luke chapter 15. This is the story of the prodigal son. And it says that from verse 11... A certain man had two sons. Jesus was telling the story. The younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered everything together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. Verse 15, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him to his fields to feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, but no man gave unto him. Let me just say very quickly in this scripture that you see a young man 
I don't know whether you have taken note of what the Bible says in verse 12. When this young man got up and asked for his inheritance, many times we just point out that this young man was some way. He didn't wait for the father to die. But I want you to notice something. Verse 12, please. Luke 15, 12. The Bible says that when the young man asked for what he asked for, he said, Father, give me the portion of goods. The last sentence says, and he divided unto them his living. Church, the young man got his inheritance. His older brother also got his inheritance. They both got it. Or you are not seeing the scripture. They both got it. Then the scripture says, a few days later, the young man now moved out and went far. What had happened? When the young man received his inheritance, he changed. Said, oh, the house is for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, this gold is mine. Hey, freedom, freedom has come. I'm leaving this troublesome man here. Yeah. He suddenly realized that he was holding something. Yeah. And he changed. His older brother also received his inheritance. But he did not change. He did not change. Hallelujah. Is it important? It is very, very, very important. Why? Because when the younger brother changed, you see that his life began to be destroyed. When you are in church, be in the church. God will bless you in the church. Do not let the blessings that God brings your way change you. Young lady, you were in the church before you married. You are married now. Continue to be in the church. But many times we use the blessing of God, the husband God has given us, the baby God has given us. It is now the reason why we cannot serve God any longer. A pastor should talk if he says, and he says oh my husband, oh my children, oh pastor, you, you know, you know how it is. Careful. Young man, don't let your job change you. You used to come to all night. Anytime there's all night, you come and say, Oh, but Pastor Night, you see, my job, you know, nowadays is very demanding. Hey. Hey, today your job is demanding. <laughs> your job may be demanding. Wash your face, shine your eye, come for the prayer meeting. You will not die. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because many of us, as soon as we get something small, oh, it's not happening. Yeah. There are some people, when the month of evangelism was coming, when they were small, they would be in the month of evangelism. But now, we are now, people our size, our size, they don't go to uh, missions week, they don't appear, missions month. Please push your neighbor and say, neighbor, how you are in church tonight? How you are in church? Whatever is happening in the missions month, be inside. Hallelujah. Be inside. Amen. And that's why I'm saying don't change. What had happened was that this young boy, he changed in his attitude towards the authority over him, his father. He changed and it didn't do him any good. He left. The thing he had made him leave. Amen. Now why am I saying don't leave? I'm saying don't leave because there's pressure. 
If everything was simple and easy, I think we'll all stay the same way. But there is pressure. What do I mean by pressure? There's pressure to move out. Pressure to do your own thing. Pressure to change your mind about the Lord. Have you not heard some people saying that because God didn't do this and this and this and this and this for me, so I'm leaving. Or you have not heard it before. Hello? Are you in the church? Yeah. God didn't do this and this and this, so I've changed my mind. No, we cannot change. We must not change. Amen. What are some of these pressures? And I'm talking about them in the context of the church because as a church you are trying to grow. And one of the ways that a church grows is by keeping the people who are in it. Amen. Make, look, if everybody who was in the church came to the church and stayed, you will not even have space. Oh, is it true or it's not true? Yeah. But it's because some people have not been coming. Some two are doing something, 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 something. That's the reason why we are still trying to grow in a certain way. What's the first pressure that we will face? The pressure to be independent. And we must fight it. We must fight it. The pressure to be independent. It's a pressure. It's a pressure. And Lot faced that pressure. Hallelujah. Lot faced that pressure. He left the town with his uncle Abraham. And at a point he felt he was okay. Genesis chapter 13. From verse 2. Genesis chapter 13 verse 2. The scripture says that Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, in gold. And Lot also, verse 5, who went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. You are in the church. You are under an anointed apostle. And suddenly you see that you are also anointed. He prays for people, you also pray for people. You counsel people, he counsels people, you are also counseling people. Hey! People are calling him apostle, you too, they are calling you a junior apostle. <laughs> are you in the house tonight? Am I talking to some people who are in the house tonight? Yeah! I'm saying that if you are a proper child of this house, you will grow and at a point what your father is doing, you will see that you are also able to do the same thing. After all, that's your father. So why not? But when it happens, that's when the pressure to be independent comes. That's when people come and start telling you, ah, but, so, so why are you his assistant? Can't you see that you too, you could have done your church and your church will be working. What is all this? Yes, Amasa. Yes, Amasa. If you leave, you too, you'll be senior pastor. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it is happening around. Or it's not happening. It's happening around us. So much. You are there. You are the assistant. When the praise and worship leader cannot come or something 
then you leave praise and worship. Now people are saying that, oh, your praise and worship is even sweeter than the original. You should be the praise and worship leader. Yeah. And to say that, praise and worship leader, why you are cake. Ah, cake. You are fresh. We need some fresh, fresh blood. Yeah, look at how you know the new songs. What? I just shake his heart. Something bad is about to happen. I said, something bad is about to happen. Lot looked at himself. He realized that, look, my uncle has cattle. I have cattle. My uncle has sheep. I have sheep. My uncle has goats. I have goats. My uncle has headsmen. My headsmen. More. So when his uncle came and told him that, look, the way it is, we cannot be here together. Instead of him to say, uncle, where will you give me? He now even chose because he now already, he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to move away. Are you there or you are not there? And Lot's end was really sad. The next time we meet Lot in Genesis chapter 14, he has been kidnapped by some kings. And Abraham had to fight and go and rescue him. The end of his life was even more sad. For a man to be there and be the father of his own grandchildren. I mean, your daughters have given you drink to drink till you are drunk. Say, oh, there's no man here. And they had children. You know, the thing was an abomination in the sight of God. Are you in the house? But you see, the truth was that the man had desire to be independent and it had not done him good. It had not done him good. I'm taking my time about this because there's so much of it around us. As soon as we have something small, we want to go. Let's even go into the normal working world. You see the same thing. You are working with your madam as a hairdresser. The business is going well. People start talking to you. Ah, when you do the hair, it's nicer than when madam does it. Ah, how much are they paying you? We have been paying Madam 35 CDs. The 35, how much is for you? Only 3 CDs. Oh, then you better leave. You better leave and go because if you leave, it will be better. Take care. Push your neighbor and say, careful now. Careful. Careful. Independence. I should call it evil independence. Yeah. And throughout the Bible, there are so many examples of people like that. I thank God for a Bible that gives us examples of things. Yeah. Saul was like that. A time came when he was puffed up, King Saul, and he was doing his own thing. And God was not happy with him. And God sent his prophet Samuel to him. And Samuel told him, when you were little in your own eyes, I called you. So many times, the pressure to become independent comes along with pride. When we feel that now they have reached, now they are of age, I don't need you. You don't need who? There's nobody in this world who is independent. Everybody needs somebody. Amen. And it is an evil voice that says, leave me and let me go. Hey, please ask your neighbor, go to where? (laughs) Go to where? Amen. And so if you are in this church, then you cannot be independent of the activities that are taking place. You are part. 
Hmm. I shouldn't go there. Hmm. Yeah. You see, if uh, Apostle said the month of March was the month of prophets, is it true or is it not true? All your members, the bottom box members, those who have not come to church three years, five years, they'll all be here. But because it's a month of missions, see some few, but is it not true? Okay, so what I'm saying to you is that right now we cannot say anything about those who are not here. But you who are here, you who are here, you who are here, you are not independent of the program. You must be inside. Please, for a moment, ask your neighbor, what are you going to be doing during this month of missions? What will you be doing? You must be inside. Mm. Again, if your neighbor is looking like this, like this, it means they don't plan to go. So ask your neighbor, what will you be doing? It's very, very, very important. It's very, very, very important. Sometimes there are some things, it's just your presence that's needed. Yeah. For example, if you say that you are going to do a crusade outside, people will not come and say that the chairs are empty. When I say people, I'm talking about, you know, passers-by, people who need to hear the gospel. They will not sit. But if you come and you sit, then somebody will sit down. Yeah. So your presence, even your presence is needed. Because sometimes people think that, oh, I'm not a singer, I'm not a this, I'm not a that. So I will. Your presence, just your presence is needed. Hallelujah. Let's continue. I'm talking about what are the things, the pressures that are coming against you to make you change. And I'm saying one of those pressures is the pressures to be independent. The pressure to be independent. The second one, and this one is a big one. <laughs> the pressure that comes because of offense. I'm hurt. I'm offended. Hey. As I, I bore, one of the things I'm seeing in, in the church as we move from place to place uh, is to say that the church is full of offended people. Hey. I'm reading two scriptures <laughs> Matthew chapter 18 and verse 7. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Today I'm not talking about the one by whom it comes. I'm talking about the offense. You and the offense. The Bible says it will come by all means. It will come. Luke chapter 17 verse 1 says the same thing. Then said he to the disciples... It is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe to him through whom they come. So it is not a strange thing that you are offended. It's not strange. It's expected. Hmm. Can you push your neighbor and ask your neighbor, please, are you annoyed with me? <laughs> offense, there, it is there. It's in the family. It's in the church. It's at the work side. And the Bible says, by all means, it will come. And so tonight, I've come to share with you one way by which you will never be offended again. Can I share it with you? Never again. As for this method, this particular method, never again will you be offended. 
Are you ready for this one? You are sure? You want to know what if you are, you will never be offended again. Oh, it's very simple. Just die. But it's true. Just die. A dead person. Oh. <laughs> Has your loved one ever died and they put them in the mortuary before? When they remove them from the way they even throw the body, the one who has been thrown doesn't feel anything. They'll take the body, and if the eyes all does not drop, they'll pick it again. Then, what does the dead body say? No, normally, it's you. <laughs> you are the one who says, but the dead body is silent. If you are here and you are saying, I don't want to be offended ever again, you have only one option. But I'm sure you don't want to die. <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to die. And so if you don't want to die, then first of all, you need to see that offense there, it will come. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that since it's going to come anyway, don't change. Don't change. There are wives you have changed towards your husband because you're offended. Husband, you have changed towards your wife because you are offended. Hey! Is it true or is it not true? Church member, you have changed towards your pastor because you're offended. Say that, hey, I had my funeral. They didn't come. I've been going to everybody's funeral. When it was my funeral, come and see so my, 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 my mother said, look at some church people who came. But I've supported people. I won't come to this church again. Or the way I was. Not that I won't come, but now dear, I won't put myself inside. Hey! When they came, crowd, the donation was not powerful. <laughs> So nowadays, people say, I will not put my money inside. I will also be putting only the red one. Every day, then they give the front seat to other people. I'm offended. The scripture says that offense there, it will come. But don't change. Hey. Are you in the house? Don't change. The story is told of um, a man of God, Smith Wigglesworth. A time came in his life before he became very famous. A time came in his life when he, he backslid out of the church. And he was just working. I think he was a, I forgot, a carpenter. He was an artisan. Just working, chasing money, and so forth. And then his wife, she was always going to church and he was not happy about it. And he would complain, and he would complain, and it was an issue, but his wife would always go to church. So one day, one night, when the wife went to church and she came back, she came back to meet the door locked. And she knocked, knock, 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 knock on the door. He was there, but he didn't open. It was very cold that night. Knock, 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 knock. <laughs> he never opened. In the morning, he got up. It was quiet outside. And he got up to open the door. When he opened the door, his wife was there. She didn't go back. She didn't go anywhere. And she just jumped up from the step she was sitting on 
entered the house, put her bags down. She said, hey, what was it that you said you want for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> Are you there? I know if it was you and me, hey, we will manifest. <laughs> but I thank God that she was a godly woman and she carried it to her house. She did not change. In the month, <laughs> I think it's worthy of a clap. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so too. Because in his, in his biography, he talks about how that episode affected him. Yeah, it became one of the things that led him back to the Lord. And this time when he, became, he came back, he became the Smith Wigglesworth that people grew to know all around the world. I thank God for a wife who doesn't change. Hallelujah. Amen. But many of us, I think maybe we are not made of such... <laughs> but God will help us. So let's look at the scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. I want to show you what to do when you are offended. Because you cannot change. You can't change. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. And I want, if it's your own Bible, underline it well. Because you know, when we are not offended, we remember. But when we are offended, we forget. This one, don't forget it. Matthew five forty-four. it says, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. The part I want to show you is, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I have found that if you will do the praying for the person, you find the strength to do the rest. The loving and the, the, the blessing. Are you with me? I have also discovered that as you pray, the head is... Yeah, it, it is removed. It seems to give God a place to remove the head from you. Hallelujah. Because you cannot go around being offended. Yes, your father did not look after you, but you cannot also manifest because of that. Hey, your husband hasn't been fair to you, but you cannot manifest. You cannot change because of that. Your wife has not been fair to you. As for the church, it is true. We have offended you. We are sorry. But <laughs> I wish I could say we'll never do it again. But it's not true. Why is it not true? Because we are human. So rather, let us look for a means by which we will remain constant. Amen. We'll remain constant. Hallelujah. We will always be there. Always doing the right thing. Amen. I'm almost done. The next thing. The pressure to do nothing. <laughs> the pressure to do nothing. When you are offended, it's a very real pressure. You have been coming for choir practice regularly all the time. They never give you the solo to sing. <laughs> but <laughs> is it true or not true that sometimes you just feel like, ah, I had Meanwhile, I'm the one who's on time. Sister Della, she's always late, but they will always give her the solo. If that's it, I'll also start coming late. But I'm sharing with you tonight and saying that no, how you have been constant, please just continue like that. 
continue like that. Don't be, don't, don't do nothing. Amen. Because sometimes, in fact, most times as a believer, when you now say, I won't do again, you don't realize that you have signed your own death warrant. Yeah. The work that we do in church, the person who is blessed, first and foremost, is you. Yeah, it's you. The person whose Christian life is strengthened by the work you do, is you. Yeah, it's yourself. The first person. So other people are blessed by what you do, but actually, the first person is you. You will discover that when you become the leader of the Emako, if the women are like the women that I have somewhere, that alone will make you pray. Hey, you are very quiet. <laughs> yeah. And, and the more you pray, who is blessed? Yeah. If you were not in that place, you may not have been that diligent with prayer. Hallelujah. And so don't do nothing. Do something. Find something to do. That something is a help to you. Let's look at something. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there's a story there about some lepers. In fact, it was a time when there was hunger around and the prophet had come and told the people that the following day there would be food and so forth. Now, there were these lepers who were not allowed to enter the town. And the scripture says in verse 3, 2 Kings 7, 3, there were four leprous men at the gate and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? Now it's a long story, but these men finally got up and decided that let us go to the camp of the enemy and see what we can do. And as they went, they now realized, not knowing the enemy has run away, Food was available and it was by this means that they were saved and the people of Israel were also saved. But what is the point I'm trying to make? I'm trying to say to you that when you do nothing in church, you have actually signed your death warrant. When you do nothing in church except to warm the chair, you will discover that because of that, Sunday morning, you're already tired from the week. You don't feel like coming. So you who used to come regularly, now you come twice a month. And when you come to you, sit at the back, even when there's space in the front. Yay. Is it true or it's not true? Yeah. Yeah. You see? And, and, and it's a change that is not a good change. And so if you are doing something continue to do something hallelujah continue to do something you have started your month of mission of, of your mission month well by arriving here for these three days i hope as you have started today you continue tomorrow and continue the next day but even more important than that you will continue into the mission and all the the, the programs that you have lined up hallelujah turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor will you be there i'll be looking out for you Jeremiah chapter 48 and verse 10 says, Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. But this is the part I want you to see. And cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. What does it mean? A time comes when we must fight. 
And when it is time to fight and you have put your sword down, the Bible says it is a curse. And for the church, when we are going so winning, it's our fighting time. When we are having meetings in church, it's our fighting time. And at such a time, when you have now put down your sword, it's not good. Seth, pick your chair for me and come. Let me show you something. I'm closing in three minutes. I want us to pray small. But I want to show you something. Because this is what is happening in church. When people come to... Can you see at the back? They can't see. Maybe you should go up. You have come to church. When you are in church, you are supposed to take part in the service. But this is what is happening. You have arrived in church. So, do you have some here? <laughs> I'm just asking. Your person is very nice. You said, please, please, you have some in your chair. I also have some. <laughs> this is my medicine for them. You have arrived in church. You will do nothing. Sitting as though you were in your own hall. Or you have come with your own book. You see, after all, they brought us books. They were most books. They said we should read. As your pastor is preaching, you are now reading. <laughs> Sister, you are called. He's going to show you the phone. This is you in the church. The preaching is going on. You are not taking part. You are, you are dozing. You are dozing. Hey! Uh-huh. Now we are on Facebook. You are now, please, after that, you better try selfie. Try selfie back when you are In the house of God. In the house of God. Live and colored. But the Bible says it's a curse. And this is one of the reasons why many of us are not prospering. Cursed be he. It's not my words. Allow me to. Thank you. Cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. The church is at war. We are at war like never before. Like never before. The battle is as hot as never before. The different religions are pressing on. The false prophets are also doing their own. The, what do you call it? Uh, internet pornography and whatever. That pressure is also doing its own. The pressure from the world, your, our jobs and the things we do, pressing from another side. It's now time to rise up and be as sharp as something as never before. But this is what the church is doing. Sleeping when we should be in church. Uh, Facebooking. Hmm. Ask your neighbor, are you inside? Hey. When you call a prayer meeting, they don't turn up. Oh. They don't come. They don't come. You know, many pastors, they, they are preaching to you, but they are offended. Yeah. I mean, what does it mean? I'm preaching. Put your book, no way. <laughs> no, you're going to read the book. So here's word of God. I mean, the, word, the preaching to you doesn't just come. It's work. And you are now... <laughs> you're now reading. <laughs> hey! You're joking. 
You are now walking around. Oh, you are now chatting. Church, let's be serious. We are not serious at all. At all. Hey. Don't worry. I'm saying what your pastor would have said. Only that me when I finish, I can escape. He can't escape. He has to be. Yeah. But it's an insult. It's an insult. It's an insult. For somebody to be talking to you. I mean, the praise and worship will dance like there's no tomorrow. When we finish, then we now stretch out to sleep. Hey! Reverend, please, let us fight it. In my church, I'm fighting. Fortunately, I have younger people. I'll pour water on you. Oh, cry. Eh? Make a water gun. Have a water gun. Have a nice young man. When he aims at you, it comes straight. And you will see that people will be offended. Yeah. People will be offended. But I think it's better you are offended and enter heaven. Yeah. Than for us to pamper you into hell. Yeah. Yeah. It has to stop. Mm. It has to. Please push your neighbor and say the foolishness must stop. Mm. Yeah. It must stop. It must stop. Hey. For 15 years, my husband and I, we were in the ministry in the north. Never once did I see behavior like this in a mosque. Never. Never. You can't even, when they are bowing down to you, it's a public road. You cannot even come and pass in France. But we are, we are, we are playing the fool. We are joking. We are joking. Is preaching. Oh, I remember one time I was somewhere. Two children, they are now playing a. a <laughs> I don't know what to call it. They are running. I can run faster than you. Across the church. As the preaching was going on, they reached that side. Where will we take such behavior? If your MC was coming here, will you have that kind of behavior? Will you tell him that, oh, they are children? It's only because if they are children, children are controlled by adults. Hey! Hey! Are you in the house or you have traveled? Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, we must wake up. Yeah. We have to wake up. We have to stop it, the chatting. There will be their chewing gum. Hey! <laughs> if you are a pastor and your heart is not strong. Hey! But you see, it is because the body of Christ, our heart has changed towards God. Our heart has changed. My prayer is that if you are here listening to my voice, your heart will change back to God. I want to close with a scripture. That's why I was saying that I want us to pray a little bit this morning, this evening. I want to read a scripture in Revelation chapter 2.
Wow, ask your neighbor, are you serious? What do your neighbor say? Revelations chapter 2. And to the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. Did you know that the Lord was watching your works? And thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my sake hast labored and not fainted. So this is the Lord telling them, you've done good things. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, nevertheless. That word nevertheless, it means but. Why are there but? So the bat is now like coming to cancel everything. <laughs> and then he says, I have something against you because you have left your first love. The church used to be in love with Jesus. We have lost our first love. We have turned away from our first love. These days we are following motivational speaking. These days we are following things that make us feel good. These days we are following money. These days we are following... We don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. Sometimes when we are doing wrong and, you know, we are even being set right, we, we are offended. But those things are happening because the first love that we had for the Lord has gone away. Tonight I want us to pray that our first love will come back. What is the first love? You know, first love is different from second love. Yeah. First love, it doesn't know answer. <laughs> Let me see if I can explain. We don't think a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. I have a, um, there's this pastor couple who I've known for a long time who live near my house. They were students. One was at UCC, the other one was at KNUST. The man was at KNUST. When they were caught in, he would actually get up in those days, go to the transport yard, take STC, Kumasi, Cape Coast, Kumasi. Get down is about, oh, yeah, some five, six hours, six hours drive. He would get down from the bus, rush to UCC, you know, the bus passes, I think it passes by the gate, I don't know, something. Rush to UCC, hello, I just came to say hi. I'm going to catch the bus. <laughs> Thank you. And run all the way back to the yard. Jump on the STC. Six hours. Back. In other words, some 12 hours <laughs> traveling. Just to say, hello, how are you? I brought some chocolate. I'm you. And go. <laughs> You don't think a lot. When our first love for Jesus was hot, and they say prayer meeting, we are at the door before they open. Yeah, we pray to the end. But as our love gets cold, oh, I can't go today. I'm tired. You know how the market has been very hard. 
when our first love was hot. We want to be in church. We want to fellowship. Ah, you want to see her. Even for five minutes. After traveling six hours in, six hours out. Church, I think we've lost our first love. We need to find it back. We need to find it back. We need to ask God to have mercy on us so that we'll find it back. When we have first love, nowhere is too far. Yeah, nothing is too hard. Nothing is too much. Nowadays, it doesn't even have to rain for us not to come to church. When you see the clouds, oh, and at the end, yeah, yeah. But it's true or it's not true? Oh, and if ECG does his things and puts off the light, it's dear. But it's true or it's not true? Yeah. But I believe that it can change. And I believe that it must change. And I believe that it must change now. And it must change here. Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Tonight I just want to ask you to pray. And our prayer is simple. Lord, rekindle my first love. Yeah. Rekindle it, rekindle it. Take me to that time when I was excited about your word. When I loved worship, even on, the, on my own. When prayer was not hard work. Take me back to that place. Lift up your voice and pray tonight. Just lift up your voice and pray. Just for a few minutes, but important minutes. And pray. We've lost our love for God and our respect for him. But we're saying, Lord, we want it back. Lift up your voice. Ask that the passion of God will re-enter us. Passion for the things of His. Lord, let your word not be irksome towards us in the name of Jesus. Let it not be such that we have to be paid for everything that we do. But let it come from our heart, O oh God. Rekindle our love for you, Lord. Rekindle our love for you, O oh God. Rekindle our love for you, O oh God. Touch our hearts again. In the name of Jesus. Forgive us for changing and turning away from you. But Lord, turn us back. Change our hearts and turn us back in the name of Jesus. Turn us back. Lift up your voice tonight and pray. Let us cry unto the Lord that our favor and our love for the things of God will return to us. Oh, lift up your voice and pray tonight. Oh, Lift your voice and pray tonight. Lift up your voice tonight, we are praying. We are asking God that we want to experience the first love one more time. The day that we used to be in a room and pray into the service before we enter. 
that as we enter the spirit of God to minister to us, Father, we are praying that you take us back to our first love. difficult for us to do. Forgive us. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us for taking you for granted. Forgive us for taking your servants for granted. Forgive us for the times that we have done what we should not do. And Lord, open us up again. Touch us tonight, oh God, in our inner man. And help us. Help us, oh God. You are wonderful. You are
take your seats just for two minutes and we'll be done. I just want to invite you to take a look at the table, what I was sharing to you, with you tonight. Part of it is in this one, loyalty and disloyalty. If you don't own a copy by now, I think your reverence should sanction you because I know you have a meeting on this every year. But some of the things we discussed are in different books and I'm just presenting them quickly. Those who are ignorant, the things we do because we didn't know some of the things I'm sharing tonight. Those who are dangerous sons. You are a son, but you are dangerous. Hey! This is a new one. Those who are proud. Mm. All these are the things that disturb us in church. Those who accuse you. Those who pretend... Those who leave, I've shared a bit about that today. Those who forget, this one is my favorite. It's also a new one. One of you is the devil. These are the words of Jesus. One of you is the devil. What is it that makes a human being look like, behave like? It's an important book to get. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, do it better, do it better, do it better. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's stretch off our hands towards Lady Reverend Dr. Bruce and pray and ask that God will renew her strength as she's here to be a part of us, to bless our ministries, to encourage us to keep keeping on. Stretch forth your hand and release some blessings. Release some blessings. Everything you speak is powerful. Just release some blessings. Let's not forget the husband and the children and the ministry. Let's not forget the team, the team that are here. Eric, Michael and the rest. Let's pray that God will will renew their strength as they are here to serve us. As they are here to minister to us. We bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and say amen. Wow. These are the things we need to date Christianity. These are the things. If you are going to make it to heaven, these are the things. Those who want to be pampered will pamper you to hell. Yes. We shouldn't. And I will not. Yes, I don't know why I should pamper you. You you live for Christ and you are blessed. You ignore him and it affects you. Amen. 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 Tomorrow, Sunday school teachers, you have one hour preparatory class from five to six. So be on time. Just one hour. If you come late, it's it affects you. This is a set of book, 600, 600 Ghana cities, 600 Ghana, okay, okay, so it's a set of uh, 40 books, eh? 60 books, so one is 10 Ghana, 10 Ghana, and this is a whole library that you have. This alone will prepare you for heaven. 
and for ministry. Amen. So just push some coins into this. Reduce the hairdo. Reduce the credits. Don't buy that new shoe. That cloth. Leave it for now. And invest into your life and ministry. Surprisingly, what Christian don't care buying are books. Yes. When I enter your room now and I count the number of books and the number of shoes, I'm sure shoes are more than books. So this week, they are going to offer us this. And we're also thinking of some flexible payments. Flexible. You not pay all, but you can carry all. But you have to be sure you pay. <laughs> so that you are not tempted. So if you are interested, you let us know. And we'll make them available to you. At least if you can pay half of it, you can take the book. And tell us how you pay the rest. So that you read and read and read and develop yourself for the kingdom. Saturday we have pastors and leaders conference here. As we run through the evening, Saturday morning we are coming here and we'll be blessed. I want to encourage you, make time, make time and God will bless you. Amen. I see some faces I don't know. Where are you coming from? Lighthouse. Hey. Let's welcome them. Be on your feet. Let's welcome them as we put our hands together. Wow. Wow. I know tomorrow they are going to be full here. Friday the whole room will be full. Yes. God bless you. We love you. And keep the faith on. Take a seat this evening and talk to God as we sow into the kingdom. Our Father, we thank you so much for the privilege given us to sow. Bless every life here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just rise and put the seed in. Put the seed in. There's a special promotion because you came to service. Um, key facts for new believers and how you can become a strong Christian. Instead of 40 Ghana cities for the two, you pay 10 Ghana for the two. Oh, they? Oh. So you get to the back. Pay 10 Ghana for the two. Special promotion just because you are here this evening. You get to the back and you'll be given. You pick the two for 10 Ghana cities and you'll be blessed. Shall we be upstanding? Let's remind our people of what we are receiving. Brethren, this is 
church growth. If church is going to grow, then we have to stop the things she spoke about. We have to remain constant with our devotion, our commitment to God and our sacrifices. Lift up your two hands. Make a personal commitment to God. And say, God, I make a personal vow to you that I will not change. That I refuse to change. Pray. Make a personal commitment. Don't, don't look at the person by you. The demon chasing you is not chasing that person. No. Make a personal commitment. Tell the Lord. I make a commitment not to change. I'll remain constant. I'll remain devoted. I'll remain serviceable. In the midst of intimidation. In the midst of provocation. In the midst of abuse. I will remain constant. I will not change. I will not change. I will sustain my first love. Thank you, Jesus. We ask Reverend Akwatia to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for reminding us of the works you've set us to do. We thank you for the gifts you've put in us, which have been honed now for the works we have to do. Jesus, I thank you for the richest person who spoke to us. Thank you for the apostle of this house. Thank you for all who are able to come. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that your spirit will lead us and guide us. Your spirit will remind us of things that we are supposed to do, teach us beyond what we are supposed to know, and encourage us and empower us. Thank you, Father. And let this work within these three days truly be a catalyst that personally, individually will transform us and transform our churches and our community and our region and our nation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace of the Lord together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Tomorrow, bring two people. Just work on them. Talk to them. Encourage them. And bring them. God bless us all. And have a good night.
you for listening to Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce. We believe you have had an encounter that will change your life. Keep listening to messages by Lady Reverend Dr. Joy Bruce of the First Love Church, Ahidiasi. For more information, live video messages and updates, please visit our Facebook page, Dr. Joy Bruce. God bless you.